words that we don't really like. I, I, I try to get my kids not to say the word hate. I try not to say the word hate because it's a strong word. We, we don't use that word very often. Unless we Slip of the tongue if I'm going to say I hate something. My kids say I hate a certain kind of, I hate soup. You know, I, but we, we avoid that anyway. Uh, and we understand the word hate. Normally you say I hate something, I hate sin. Paul says I hate the things I do and the things that I'm not supposed to do. These things I keep on doing. We can, we can understand I hate my enemy. You know, I hate the person who uh, backed into my car and left the parking lot. I hate those kinds of things. And Jesus is saying we need to hate our parents. We need to hate our kids. We need to hate our brothers and sisters. Now, this isn't the right kind of hate. This isn't the kind of hate that Jesus is talking about. It doesn't make sense. Because the Bible teaches we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're supposed to love our spouses. We're supposed to train up our kids. And we can't be hating them and loving them at the same time. So it's not this animosity, these angry feelings towards them, thankfully. Uh, it's, it's a different kind of hate. If we turn to Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 to 38, we, we get a little bit better picture of what this means. And you probably already all know this, but just in case anybody's still wondering what we're talking about here, Matthew 10, verses 37 to 38. It says, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So he's talking about uh, loving, loving Jesus more than you love your spouse. Loving Jesus more than you love your brothers and sisters. Loving Jesus more than you love your kids. That's what he's talking about. Of course you're supposed to love them, but when it comes down to making decisions between the two, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to choose Jesus. And the disciples of that day, they had to make this very same decision. I think of the, the fishermen who had the family business. They were the ones who, were, who went out fishing with dad, and dad gets older, sits on the shore, says, okay, Here's the boat, here's the net, you guys take it, and you go start running the family business. And these guys said, uh, the fishermen said, I'm going to give that up, and I'm going to follow Jesus. Now, I, I'm kind of curious, how do you think Dad feels about that? Do you think he's excited about that? Here, I've, I have these two boys, I've been training them their whole lives to be fishermen, and then I'm getting older, I'm expecting them to take over the family business, and then all of a sudden they say, sorry, Dad, I'm going to do something else. I don't think that's going to make any dad very happy. Here i got to train up other sons, other people that I don't know to take this over. Uh, and so they, but they say, we're going to give that up. They, they gave up their security when they did that. Because maybe the fishing wasn't always good, but they always knew what they were going to do. They always knew they were going to have a way to make money. They're going to have a way to eat by doing that. They also gave up peace with their family because I'm sure dad is not happy about this. So they gave up their family to follow Jesus. They gave up their relationship in a way with their parents. They gave up holidays. You know, because if, if the disciples are out following Jesus for three years, I'm sure they gave up. They didn't go back for every birth. They didn't go back for every Christmas. They didn't go back for every uh, uh, special occasion in life. They had to say, sorry, we're following Jesus, and we're going to do that instead because that is 
what we're called to do. So they had to choose Jesus over their families. But they also had to give up their own lives. Uh, every, if not all, were uh, martyred for their faith. And they had to give that up. You know, it hurts to die. You know, these guys didn't just get a quick chop off of their head. I mean, I think Andrew did, but for the most of them, if you read history and you find out how they died, it was painful. It was not something that you look forward to. It's not something that you envy. And they still said, I'm going to give up my own life to, to follow Jesus, even though it, it hurts. Disciples of today are just the same as them. Sure, we don't have Jesus walking through the streets of Plevna or Baker saying, hey, follow me, Josh, let's go. You know, we're going to go marching with him. But we still need to hear what he says, and we need to put it into practice. We are still supposed to be the follower, the pupil, the learner, the one who reads God's word and says, okay, I'm going to do it. We see Jesus' example. We're going to put that into practice, and we do whatever we feel like the Spirit is leading us to do if we are going to be a disciple of Jesus. But if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to hate what is closest to you. Now, that might make everybody say, really, I don't think I want this. But this is why we're counting the cost. This is why we say we're not fools rushing in. We're, we're looking to see what is in pills in this and after hopefully saying, yes, I'm still willing to do this. And so I have to choose to hate my family. I have to choose to love them less than I love Jesus. Now, families are a wonderful thing. I, ha I have a family. I love them dearly. The bigger the family, the more the people there are to love. But it, can, it becomes real easy to say I I'm, I'm, have so much love and so much time to spend with my family that I don't really have time to do anything else. Uh, there was this gal that I knew in Davenport who she came to our church for a while, and her kids were all grown up. Um, she was a grandmother as far as I could tell, and she says, you know what, my ministry is my family, which meant I don't have any time to do anything at church. I don't have any time to volunteer for Awana or for VBS or to clean the church, or to do anything, because it's all about my family. It's great that she loved her family, but that wasn't ministry in, in the sense that what, that was not being a disciple. Saying I'm just going to love my family and help them, because there's a world out there that we need to reach. So if my family competes for first place and my family wins, then I'm not being a disciple of Jesus. I, I, have to, I have to hate them more. I have to love them less than I love Jesus. If I'm going to be a disciple, I have to hate my career. Now, how many people here have a job that you like or have ever had a job that you like and you like to keep? You know, I, I, I can picture having a business where you want it to succeed and you want to do whatever it takes. You put in all the hours from dawn till dusk. And you make every sacrifice in order for this company to last and to be the best that it can possibly be. But if I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I have to choose Jesus first. When it comes between the two, I have to choose him. And that's a very difficult decision to make because if I'm the boss, I'm the one making it the, the, the ends meet, if I'm making all the decisions and I turn my back on that for a moment, it might go, it might collapse. It may not make it. And so it's so easy to say, you know what, I'm going to keep loving this business, but if I do, I'm not a disciple of Jesus. If I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I have to hate my hobbies. Now, we all have hobbies. We all have different kinds of hobbies. Some people like to read. Some people like to work on cars. Some people like to cook. Some people like to sew. 
uh, all sorts of things. And those hobbies can take tons and tons of time. But if I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to choose Jesus over my hobby. That doesn't mean every, every moment all I'm doing is, is saying no to everything that I want. But sometimes I've got to make a choice. Is it basketball or is it Jesus? Is it sewing or is it Jesus? Is it uh, my family first or is it Jesus? And if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to choose Jesus. This is not an easy decision to make. You have to weigh the, weigh the, the options and choose the, the right one, which is Jesus. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, that might mean giving up the luxuries of life, the comforts that I have. It might be uh, your money. It might be your spare time. It might be your spare car that Jesus is asking you to do something else with. And if I put my extra money in the offering plate, that means I have less money to spend on myself, right? I mean, that's really how it works. If I give my extra money to the missionary, that's less that I get to spend on me. That takes away my comfort. But if God is asking me to give that money away or give my spare car away to somebody or, or whatever you fill in the blank, if I'm going to do that, then I will be a disciple of Jesus. But if I say, no, I'm not going to do that, then I am not being a true disciple of Jesus. Now, it's kind of tough. You know, I wonder why we don't do a better job of loving Jesus, doing a better job of choosing Jesus over the things of what this world has to offer. And it's a struggle for me, too. I'm not looking and saying, wow, that's you guys. You know, I struggle with this, too. I'm human. I, I like my comforts. I like my, my hobbies. I like my career. I like my family, you know. And so this, this is always a difficult decision to make. Um, but I think it's easy for, for people because Jesus isn't there. I mean, he's not here sitting in a pew looking at me saying, okay, choose me first. If, if Jesus was here, I think it would be a lot easier to follow him and do whatever he asked me to do. But it's like I have to, I have to pay attention to what he's telling me. So it's easy to say, oh, I didn't hear that, or I don't really know what he wants me to do. And so uh, it's easy to avoid that. Um, I can't see Jesus, so I don't always think about Jesus. Or sometimes it's like people have this idea, and I've heard it way too many times, is I'm just happy to get that little corner in heaven. I know there's a corner, and as long as I can just get there, I know it's better than hell. And so if once I can get to heaven, I'm happy. And some people feel that way. So they don't care if they do anything for God or not. They just want to make it to heaven. Cost number one is you have to love Jesus more than you love anything else in the whole world. Cost number two is to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Verse 27. Let me just reread this. Um, and anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now we all understand what a physical cross looks like. Behind there, I guess. Um, but what... It, oh, okay, it is behind there. It's up there. But what it would take in order to carry your cross, when Jesus walked down the streets to, to, to die on a cross, he had a great big beam across his shoulders and he had to carry it when those criminals who were condemned to die they had to carry their cross to the place where they were going to die it was a physical cross but jesus isn't saying hey you know leslie you better get that hunk of wood across your your back and you better just carry it all around because you want to be like me he's talking about uh, a personal cross that, that you, you can't see it's something a little bit different um but it, it, it is kind of like a, a physical cross in some ways, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, what it means is, it, I'm dying to myself to live for him. 
to live for Jesus. That I'm, uh, my commitment to Christ means I'm taking up my cross daily, giving up all my hopes, all my dreams, all my positions, uh, every part of my life in order to follow Jesus. And that's a very difficult thing to do because we like this life. We have houses that we like. We have things in this world that keep us comfortable. But he says, if you're going to carry your cross, you're going to be willing to give up all that to follow me. Now, when Jesus carried his cross, he carried it to the dead. Every step he took, God had pulled it to the place where he was going to die, where it was going to end. You know, and as he did that, he didn't stop because he said it's too hard. Boy, I just, I keep falling down. This thing is too heavy. I don't think I'm going to make it. I just give up. Because he could have. One of my favorite Easter songs is he could have called 10,000 angels. You know, I remember this guy singing it. That he sang it every Easter back in Davenport. Because he could have. He could have hit, He could have wiped out the earth. He could have wiped out all the Roman soldiers. Saying, look guys, this is not worth it. Because it's too hard. I don't love you guys that much. But he did it. He, it's, it wasn't too hard. He didn't say it's, uh, the, the cost is too high. Look what I'm giving up in order for, for you guys to have eternal life. That, it's just not worth it. The return of my investment isn't high enough. He didn't say it's too embarrassing or it's too frustrating because I know how many people are going to reject me, how they're going to spit on me, how they're going to make fun of me because of this. He said, I'm going to do it anyway. The people of that day would have to choose Jesus over, uh, they have to choose to carry the cross over the comforts of what this world had to offer. We looked at that they gave up the family business in order to do that. Some people were going to have to choose the grace of Jesus over the family tradition of following the law. We've looked at that in the past where the Jewish people thought, because I'm a Jew, I'm going to heaven. Because I have the law, I'm going to heaven. We're the special God's chosen people, so we have that. We have what it takes. But they would have to choose against that. No, I'm not going to rely on the fact that I'm a Jew. I'm not going to rely on the fact that I have the law to get me to heaven. And that's going to cause friction. It's going to cause problems between the families. They would have to choose peace, or they would have to choose insults, persecutions, punishments, uh, confiscation of property, even death. They would have to choose between, do I want the comforts of what this life has to offer, or do I want to like, pretty much sacrifice this life because of what I'm going to get for eternity? They would have to choose Jesus over, to de- over death. We, we have to do the same kinds of things. In our, in our world, you know, we might have to choose Jesus over our family. Uh, there was a situation that came up in our family a couple, some years ago where there was a, a man who was living with his girlfriend. And we were going to have his family Thanksgiving dinner, and they, they, they professed to be Christians. And all we, we, we had to do... We didn't feel like it was the right thing to do to say, hey, you're living together. We're going to support you in this. Why don't you come over to our house and have a Thanksgiving dinner? And so we, we got involved. We just asked a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Or do you consider yourself a believer? And from that point on, uh, the guy says, I don't have to answer to you, which was true. And then he hung up. And from that point on, there was this huge rift. There was everybody against Leslie and myself. Because we were trying to stand up for what we felt like God was wanting us to do. It would have been very easy for us to just bite our tongue and keep, keep the peace and say, come on over. But that wasn't what God called us to do. We had to choose Jesus over our family. 
Uh, you might have to tell, choose Jesus over your workplace. Because if your boss says, hey, I want you to uh, lie on these reports or not keep track of the honest data, and you have to choose, am I going to keep my boss happy or am I going to keep Jesus happy? Because you cannot do both in that kind of situation. You might have to choose Jesus over your hobbies, uh, over the sports that we watch, over the sports that we play. Um, I have here a note that might maybe not fit anybody in here, uh, but over computer games. Anybody here like to play games on the computer? Or the, the Wii or Nintendo, anything like that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I, I've had to, I've struggled with that. You know, there's this little handheld game that, uh, it's just little squares of different colors. And you just get at least three together, and you push it, and they disappear, and you get points. And there's a little time thing across the top, and you get all these, the more points, you just, you just want to win the game. You know, and I have to, I can sit there all day and play this every day. I can, I can picture it in my mind right now of how to do this and how to take these because the squares fall and you get more yellow together. You get that disappearing and you get more points. But I have to choose Jesus over that because that's, and it's tough to do, you know, and I know it's tough to choose Jesus over sports, over, over my friends, over the, the desires that I have. You know, if you're going to choose Jesus over those things, there's going to be a cost. It is going to be hard to do. It might require standing up for what's true. What does God, uh, there, there's people at work that are talking about X, Y, Z that goes against what God says. You might say, you know what, I don't agree with that. Uh, who knows? It might even be in the church situation. People are gossiping and say, you know what, I'm stepping away from that situation. I don't think we should be talking about this kind of thing. And there's a gal I know in Davenport who is very good about it. It got to the point where she even thought there was some gossip going on. She goes, I don't think we should talk about that anymore. And it's like, it wasn't going there. But even if it had the hint of it, she's like, I don't want any part of that. Because she wanted to do what God wants her to do. And it's a huge sacrifice to carry your cross. It's a huge sacrifice to choose Jesus over what this world has to offer. But it's worth it. Uh, in John chapter 15, verses 18 to 20, it says, no, that doesn't make sense. Okay. I'll just have to pass on that. I'm not sure where that's at. Um, carrying the cross. We'll come back to that. Uh, you know, when... when People carried the cross in order to go to the death. They did not have a choice to do that. There was something that was strapped to their body. They had to go, and they had to die on the cross. There was nothing they could do about that. Um, but our choice to carry this cross, this personal cross, is a choice. It's a choice that we make daily. Nobody, even Jesus, is not going to stand beside my bed and say, Hey, Jesus, Josh, this is what I expect you to do today, and if you don't, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you tell the truth. I'm going to make you walk away from that. I'm going to make you choose me over your family. He's not going to do that. It's my choice whether or not I'm going to take my cross and follow Jesus. But it's also a commitment to do it as well. It's one that we have to do daily. Now, some days I get gung-ho and I get excited and I'm willing to do anything for Jesus. Some days I wake up and I am not interested in doing everything for Jesus. Because I don't want the conflict. I don't want the embarrassment. I don't want the confrontation with people. 
But it's something, it's a, it's a choice, it's a commitment, and it's, a, it's complete. It's every part of myself, my possessions, my time, my wife, my hobbies, my kids, everything. I have to choose Jesus over them. I have to carry my cross and do what Jesus has asked me to do over all those things. So now think about all those disciples who have just heard this. I mean, you have the 12 disciples who have heard this, but all this big, large crowd of people. Jesus says, by the way, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to hate your father and your mother and your brothers and your sisters and your, even your own life. And you're going to have to carry your cross and follow me. How many of those people do you think continued walking with Jesus? How many of those people do you think were fighting to stand right next to Jesus, say, look at me, all of a sudden started walking slower? As the crowd started moving away, away from them, the crowd started shrinking. And they said, I really, yeah, I don't want this part of this. I want to be his disciple. I want to be in the in crowd. But when it comes to paying that kind of price, I don't think so. That's not what I thought I was signing up for. Those are the fools who rushed in. And so why do people do this? Why would people say, I'm going to choose Jesus over my family? Why would people say, I'm going to choose Jesus over my career? Why would people uh, choose to say, I'm going to choose Jesus over my own life? Well, the answer is, if we keep looking, uh, Luke chapter 15, we, or 14, it says, uh, we, have, we have two different parables, verses 28 down to 35. Uh, the first one is about a man who's building a, trying to build a building. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will you not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone will see it and will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build but was not able to finish. Have you guys ever seen anybody start a project that they couldn't finish? I mean, somebody has, uh, in Spokane, there's this building that was on Division Street, like the busiest street in all of Spokane, this great big building. It was a nice-looking building, but the guy started it, but he ran out of funds. And for years upon years, you can look and say, boy, that's a shame. I don't, I don't know what happened, why he couldn't, but he didn't finish it until somebody else bought the project and took it over. My neighbor's house across the street in uh, Davenport looks like that. Ever since I was a junior in high school, which was like 22 years ago, uh, this guy has been working on his house. He hasn't completed it. He's, he's changed a few things. He's always saying, I will get to it. But everybody who looks by says, that guy did not have enough funds to finish it. And how sad. Because I see the plans of what it's supposed to look like. And it could be like the best looking house in all of Davenport. But right now it just looks like a big, uncompleted project in Davenport. And you probably have seen those things. People... Uh, have, have started building something. People have bought a piece of property expecting to do something with it. They've bought a car expecting to finish it, and then they, they never do it because they don't have the funds to complete it. How sad is that? But really what they did is they didn't figure out what it really was going to cost them before they did that, before they make this decision. They, they were just fools rushing in thinking, I can make this work, or they have no idea what... It's going to cost them, but they try it anyway. The second example, before we see why do people really do this, and this is kind of where we find it, is about a man who goes to war, who counts the cost to decide if it's worth it or not. Verse 31 says, Suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. 
Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming with 20,000 men? Sounds like a smart man to me. If you're going to war, you've got 10,000 men, unless they're all trained fighters, and you've got twice as many coming at you, it makes sense to stop and say, really, do I really want to get involved in this or not? Verse 32 says, if he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long ways off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, anyone who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. So here's where you find out why people do this. You know, this guy, this, this king had an enemy coming towards him. He stopped and he counted the cost. And the king says, X, Y, Z is what it's going to take in order to keep the peace. And that king says, okay, it's done. I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. You find multiple times in the Old Testament where uh, kings are giving large sums of money. They're sending large amounts of what the land has to offer in order to keep the peace, whatever it takes. Because what he's getting is better in return. And if we're going to be a disciple, why would we decide to be a disciple? Because what we're getting is better than what we're giving. We're willing to do whatever it takes to be a disciple of Jesus because the return on our investment, at least from our end, is way better than what we put into it. Sure, it's going to cost us in order to be a disciple of Jesus, but what we get out of it does not even compare. Uh, Matthew 19.29, maybe this is more likely where I was trying to go earlier. Uh, Matthew 19.29. So if we give up our families, if we give up our life, if we give up our possessions, it says, then everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. The reason this guy is willing to choose to be a disciple is he has counted the cost. Sure, I can make, I can have peace in what this life has to offer. I can have the comforts of this life. I can have my, my happy holidays every single time as long as everybody shows up, but that's it. That's all there is to it. We're going to say, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus and know that I have a hundred times as much. I'm, if I give up my sons and daughters to follow Jesus, I'm going to have as many more family in Christ. If I give up lands, if I give up houses, I'm going to gain that much more up in heaven. I'm going to get eternal life. This life is as precious as it is is not all there is that's worth living for. And the disciples were willing to make this choice. They were willing to choose Jesus over their family. Over, and I, you know, I, I think about that when I think about the disciples doing that. I think the toughest thing for me about that would be picturing, like if I had to give up my life, I, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, it would be hard because I'm, I, it's painful to die. But I think about what am I living behind? I'm leaving behind my wife and my kids. Well, who's going to raise my kids? Who's going to take care of my wife? Who's going to help them with, if they got a, a, a problem with homework? Who's going to be the one that helps them work through dealing with a bully? Who's going to do those things? And all of a sudden, it's like, that's really tough to choose Jesus, giving up my life over them. But that's what we're called to do. That's what the disciples did. They gave up everything. They, they ultimately gave up their life. Now, I don't know what it's going to cost you to give up your life. You know, a lot of your life is probably going to stay just the way it is. You're probably not going to have to give up your, your, the air that you breathe in order to, to, 
to die for Jesus. You may not have to give up your family, but it's going to cost you something. Are you willing to, when the time comes, because it will come, when you have to choose Jesus over something else that you'd rather do, what are you going to choose? If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to choose Jesus. It is not going to be easy. People are not going to like it, but that's the right decision to make. So I just want to challenge you, as I have to challenge myself to be a disciple of Jesus, to choose to follow him. Now I just want to pray here, and I'm going to pray and ask God to help me to be a better disciple. And I want to pray for you. And if you feel like, you know what, I haven't done as good a job as I should have been doing, um, I, I'm going to be praying for you as well. I'm not going to ask you to come up here or raise your hand or say anything to anybody. But I want you to, to pray with me in your mind if you want to be a better disciple too because we can't do it on our own. There's a lot of tough decisions we've got to make if we're going to choose to follow Jesus. So I just want to pray specifically for you if you feel like that's you, okay? So let's, let's close your eyes and, and let's pray in closing. Dear God, you are a great and awesome, wonderful God. You know, in Sunday, Sunday school, we saw all the benefits that we have because we have you as our Savior. We have our sins separated from us as far as the east is from the west. We have uh, forgiveness. We have joy. We have hope. We have peace. God, you called us to be a disciple of you. You called us to love you more than we love our family, more than we love our hobbies, more than we love our friends, more than we love ourselves. God, I just want to pray for your help for me to do a better job in that, God. There are so many distractions in this life. There's so many things, there's so many conflicts, so many choices that we have to make of whether we want to serve you or to serve ourselves. And God, for anybody in here who feels like, man, I just haven't been doing as good a job as I should have been doing, I pray that you give them the energy and strength to do that, God. Just help us to be fools for you, but not fools who rush in and rush out. Help us to be people who say, it's worth it, God, because you're giving us eternal life because of the rewards that you promised to give us, because of what you've already done for us. Please, God, help us to be disciples of you today and each day uh, of the rest of the life that you give us to live. I pray for your help in Jesus' name. Words that we don't really...